Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, the official podcast of the High Speed Alliance, taking you further, faster, together. We are setting our course for freedom and legacy through mastery of business, finance, family, and lifestyle. Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, sponsored by High Speed Alliance. This is your host, Dr. Forrest Bryant. And I am pleased to have on our call today, Mr. Brandon Rooks. How are you doing today, Brandon? Doing fantastic, Forrest. How are you? Uh, doing great. Doing great. Thank you so much for, for being with us today. Um, Brandon is an incredible businessman, and he's a real estate professional that I've personally done business with, so I can, I can attest to that. I've, I've seen his work ethic personally, and uh, I'd like to just kind of get that out there. Um, he's also a personal friend, and he's one of the hardest working guys that I know. So uh, he's got a work ethic, work ethic like no other. So um, let me uh, let me tell the audience a little bit about you, Brandon. He's the CEO of Rockstar Investments LLC, and he's a a Navy War veteran. So he served with honor and distinction, and uh, we we appreciate your service, Brandon. Thank you for protecting our country and and our freedom. Thank you, and you're welcome. He, after he got back and uh, out of the Navy, he served, uh, he uh, was in several different uh, sales positions with several different companies over, over a period of time. And he was always one of the top salesmen wherever he went. And uh, then he's been in real estate for the last 16 or 17 years. So he kind of, you kind of rode the bubble up and then rode it down and then been riding it all the way back up now. Uh, so he's, he's worn a lot of different hats, as you'll see, as we kind of get into this. Um, he's also been married for 22 years and have four kids, and it's hard to believe you're a grandfather. Yeah, I don't like to talk about that too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell my grandkids they can't call me grandpa until I've at least surpassed 50, so that's next year. <laughs> well, right now they call me rock star. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. That, that is rock, rock star grandpa. Huh? Tell, tell our, tell our listeners a little bit about who Brandon Rooks is. You know, I'm, I'm just a blue collar guy. I uh, grew up pretty poor and our family struggled quite often. And my mom and dad divorced when I was 13 and then they both remarried several times. I got moved around the country. I've lived coast to coast and Hawaii. I'm in Arkansas now, which is my 15th state I've lived in. Um, I finished my last year of high school pretty much on my own, got my own apartment and carried a couple jobs and, you know, went the full 12 years of school. And because of all the moves, I uh, ended up being a half credit short in fine arts, but I was already signed up to go into the Navy on the delayed entry program. And they told me to go down and take my GED. So I'm one of those rare cases of a kid that went all 12 years of school and ended up with the GED. Um, which is just part of my story. <laughs> and I went down, took the test. I missed three questions on the test. They're like, why do you not have a diploma? And I'm like, well, you, you tell me. And uh, took the ASVAB test, missed three questions on that test. And they're like, what do you want to be in? And I chose electronic warfare, which I thought was the way of the future, get into electronics and you know technology. And man, I found that to just be boring. And uh, I just couldn't stand it. So when I got out, I, I jumped right into sales. I sold cars during the day. I sold MCI long distance at night. I started a mobile disc jockey business with a Navy buddy of mine that we both got out about the same time and just fell in love with, you know, delivering a great product to clients and making sure that they got a great deal. And, you know, I've, I've never really considered myself a salesman 
as much as I consider myself more of a consultant that just helps people acquire something that they want, need, or desire. And I just make sure that it's uh, it makes sense and it's affordable and that it would be a product I would stand behind. And that's kind of the, the, the passion and the, you know, the principles that I've followed in sales throughout my sales career. I've always owned um, anything that I also sold. And just like in dealing in investment properties now around the country, in all that I do and all the different investment aspects that there are, I invest right alongside with my clients and buy the same types of properties or invest in the same types of things that I recommend that they also do. So that kind of tells you about me a little. Yeah, well, that's that's fantastic. Thank, thanks for sharing that. Um, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and jump on in, and you know, we could go in a lot of different directions here. I know you have a have a background in almost everything real estate, and we could talk about single family homes, multifamily, large multifamily, raw land, commercial funds. You know, you've got some experience in it, all, all of these. Um, let's kind of just start just maybe from an educational standpoint and, and, and let's just uh, from a high level view and let's just talk a little bit about like cash flow versus appreciation. And, um, you know, for, for, a, for a newer investor, you know, what do those terms mean for you? And l- l- let's start there. Okay. Well, you know, it, there's two principles in investing that are kind of like the key principles that most investors are looking for. Cash flow is it's king. A lot of people want to create a passive income or create an income that will allow them to quit working and, and just be a full-time investor. And cash flow is definitely a key component and one of the principles that you should always be shooting for first above and beyond appreciation. On the same token, there are a lot of investors out there that solely go for the appreciation. They're okay if the asset pays for itself. You know, and and even if it doesn't create a monthly or annual type cash flow, they're all about taking advantage of appreciation. The issue that I have with investing solely on appreciation is that you never know when the next bubble is going to pop. And you never know if you're going to get caught in it. So the key really is being able to find the right type of investment properties that not only have cash flow, but also have appreciation potential. And if you're if you're following that rule, you are more likely to be a little bit safer in your investment. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an example, a lot of people lost money, you know, in the collapse of 2008. And the reason was that they were out there buying up properties in places like Phoenix and Vegas and Florida and the coast of Carolina. And they were doing these 5% down or no money down loans. They didn't have any business buying investment properties. They had low credit scores. They didn't have assets. All they did was they pulled equity out of their homes and, you know, went after getting a bunch of mortgages. And a lot of investors really got pulled into places like Phoenix and Vegas and Florida and Carolina because there was such strong appreciation going on at the time. They were looking for those. 15%, 20%, 25% 15%, 20-25% annual appreciations and it was there. But the problem was when the market collapsed shortly after that they're all sitting on negative cash flow or break even. Then when the in the rental market got tight where everybody else is dropping their rents so that they can keep their properties rented, those that were negative or break even 
soon found themselves drowning and not being able to cover their net. So that's one of the, the key reasons you never buy on just appreciation. You always make sure that the property can pay for itself and you can ride out any level of, of you know, ups and downs in real estate. Right. So right. there's always opportunities to make invest her money in real estate. You just have to be smart about what you're buying. Um, some of the things that I like tend to be a little bit more boring markets. You know, mm-hmm. no, it's not as sexy as owner property in Vegas, but I like those Midwest markets where the, the, uh, the appreciation is minor, the rents are stable. And when the markets collapse, they're just not hurt as much. And you can ride out any storm with the right type of asset. Yeah, I, 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 to- I totally agree with you there. And, uh, you know, as I've be- become a wiser investor, when I first started investing, a lot of the things I did were I was investing for appreciation or speculation and not for cash flow. And so, of course, some of those work out and some of them don't. But now that I'm a little bit wiser investor, I always look at cash flow first. And if we get some appreciation, then that's always that's always a bonus. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with purchasing those smaller price properties. Just don't base your whole portfolio on those types of properties. And what I really like to see is people be diversified in the types of assets that they're buying. And I, first, I believe it's exactly how we started with you on, on one of the first meetings that we had. We mm-hmm. picked up a couple lower price properties. We picked up a couple higher price properties, and the average return of all four of those properties made for a good solid investment. And, you know, there's ways to snowball, pay down your debt and build your asset faster. But you always want to look at the property that I'm buying. What if I need an exit strategy? Hmm. You know, could I sell this property in three to five years for more than I paid for it? And would it cover all the commissions? And would I get out of it? Okay. And again, that's speculation, but you can have some sense of, of understanding the market if you do your research and if you've looked at what prices were in the, in the past. So, you know, what, I mean, we could literally talk for days on that, sure. but again, be diversified, be smart, you know, don't go all in just because something looks like really high cash flow. Those are the types of properties that make me nervous. Right. Um, you know, it's okay to have them just like I said, be well diversified in your portfolio. Yeah. You bring up a good point there. Some of the cash flows that you look at, some of them are too low and then some of them are too high and you just kind of have to find that sweet spot. Right. Right. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are, are, are medical professionals and they're real busy and they're of different ages. You know, we have some that are, you know, right out of school and some are kind of mid career and then some are kind of pre retirement and, you know, looking at uh, heading into retirement. So in your opinion, how does that change focus uh, on, on what types of properties they might need to be kind of focusing on, whether they're, you know, just starting off as an investor versus a little later in the career? That actually completely changes how I will help an investor invest. You know, there's a few things that I look at right from the start. One, I look at the amount of funds that an investor has to work with. We determine what age they would like to stop working and how much income we're going to have to replace in order to make that happen. And, 
you know, that changes a lot for the doctor that's just getting started that hasn't started with that earning power yet. And that changes a lot for like many of the doctors and dentists that you and I are, uh, you know, familiar with and have worked with that are getting to that point where I want to sell my practice. I've amassed quite a bit of money and I'm ready to retire within the next couple of years. When I look at someone that's really close to being done and wants to retire, I'm probably going to focus more on things like being able to jump into some hard money lending options with part of their portfolio. I'm going to look at brand new construction, cash flowing properties, or even multifamily. One of the great things about multifamily projects is, you know, there's a thing called mortgage positions with Fannie Mae. And, and when you're going out to invest and utilize uh, lending options and leverage your money so that you can get more bang for your buck with your investments, you got to consider that you have 10 mortgage positions that you can utilize where you can get a standard 30 year fixed, you know, lower interest rates. But if you use 10 mortgages on $50,000 houses, you quickly use up all your mortgage positions right. and you still got all this money left to work with. <laughs> so towards end of career, I'm probably going to help a client look more at properties like multifamily where they can get a quadplex with one mortgage, four doors, something in the brand new category, new or newer, you know, mm -hmm. not, not that old. And that way, even if you have a vacancy in a unit, it's really not going to hurt you. Right. You know, you, it, it, you're still going to have income coming in. It's still going to cover your expenses. Um, it also just makes for a lot easier managing of your portfolio when you work your way up to have multifamily properties. Um, if you're younger and you want to get into something to build your portfolio, you really want to look at those renovation properties that, that we have connections to all over the country. And you get an opportunity to get a property that gets well renovated, gets tenanted. They usually have great cash flow, but they also have a lot of equity gain potential. And they have fast equity gain potential because it was an underperforming asset that someone fixed up, made nice. You know, you've seen all the TV shows on HGTV and how the, you know, they take it and buy it and they make it worth a hell of a lot more money. Right. So it's kind of the same principle. Grab something that you can buy for less than it costs to develop or build. That way, as more new construction comes up and a lot of these renovation property opportunities go away, which we're seeing in the United States today, then you have a property that gets to ride out the advantage of increased equity gains because of the, the cost of, you know, high cost of new construction. So that's a great way to buy a property for 100000 within three to five years. Maybe it's worth 130, 140 or more. Well, when the time comes, that you've had that type of equity gain, a, there's two schools of thought. A lot of people go, well, I want to buy the asset, take all the cash flow, pay it off so I own the asset free and clear, which in my opinion is the absolute worst decision if you're early on in your investing career because all you do is create debt equity. It doesn't do you any good to hold a, a paid off asset and if you think about the investment equity that's there and the money you paid down on it, your return on investment shrinks to less than you get with any stockbroker in the country <laughs> or any bank. Mm. Leverage is the key to create an opportunity 
to utilize X amount of funds to increase your portfolio. So one, just like I said, that property, buy it for 100K, sell it for 140, take the commission out, take all the profit. You also get your down payment back. You turn and you sell that house and you buy two houses or you buy a duplex. Right. Now you got one mortgage, two doors. And I've done this principle with clients and been able to retire them three to five years ahead of schedule because we did just recently have a really great time in, in, you know, the market where a few years ago you can grab properties for ridiculously low prices in certain markets and they jumped right back up to where they were before the collapse. Mm -hmm. And you know, there, there's another school of thought on that where some people say, well, let's cash out, refinance the property. Well, let's use some simple numbers real quick on that. Let's, let's say you bought a house for 70,000. It appraises now at a hundred thousand. And they said, well, let's pull some equity out of it to buy another house, but keep the one I got. Well, what happens is you can only cash out refinance to 75% of the value of the house. Mm-hmm. So really you, you bought it for 70, you made some down payment. When you go to pull out equity, you're really only grabbing another 5,000 more than what you put into it. And maybe you had some, some equity or principal reduction, mm-hmm. but if you sell it, all of a sudden you get all your down payment back all your principal reductions that you you know had and you get all the profit from your house. So that's how you turn one house into two. Right. Plus let's say someone goes up to $160,000 and they cash out refinance because it does make sense. They get enough money to buy another house. Well, what happens is you raise the debt. You probably shrink, reduce or break even your cash flow. Then all of a sudden you're not any further ahead on that purchase than where you were when you first bought the property to begin with. You got another asset, but you had to buy another asset for equity or for uh, cash flow, <laughs> and your other one went break even. Well, now that property's at risk. So now I know somebody would ask this question, and 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 I'm asking this rhetorically. But if you sell that house and you have all of that gain, don't you have to pay taxes on that? That's great. You ever heard of a 1031? Ah, tell us about that. So 1031 exchange for now, as long as nothing changes, is an opportunity to, um, when you get ready to sell your property, you get a 1031 exchange administrator. And then once you sell your property, you have 45 days to identify new property. And then you have up to 180 days from the day your sold property closes to close on new property. And this completely pushes off any of your capital gains. The great thing is that you can continue to do that for the rest of your life. And then you just basically make sure that all your properties are set up in a land or family trust before it's time to pass. And then it will be up to your kids if they wanna sell the property or they want to continue to earn income on that property, it becomes a legacy. But you can continually push off your capital gains by using what is a perfectly legal IRS tax code and doing a 1031 exchange. That's one of the nicest things our government can do for us, isn't it? They're to pay no tax <laughs> on sale of rental properties as long as you put that money back into a similar type of property in the U.S., no tax. Swap until you drop. Mm-hmm. 
Thank, thank you. Uh, you can even thank you to the U.S. Yep, government. you can even <laughs> you can even do that one time up to five hundred thousand dollars on your own personal property. Should you buy a five hundred thousand dollar property and sell it for one point five million later, you can uh, ten thirty one up to five hundred k of it. Thanks for that's beautiful. Okay, so we talked. We were hitting on a lot of things right there. Um, what if somebody's new to real estate investing? What are some like really simple ways that they can get started? What would be some some very simple things to kind of kind of easy easy get into some things to figure out how it works? You know, uh, I, I'm always going to prefer owning investment properties for cash flow and appreciation over just about every other asset out there, just because of the tax deductions, depreciation, growth potential. Um, you know, and somebody's always going to need a place to live. So as long as you buy right, I think it's a great place to start. And it depends on your funds. So, you know, we have a really good network and connection of suppliers around the country. I have builders that I work with. I have renovation teams that I work with. Um, I have inside bank contacts where uh, often I can find, you know, bank assets that, they need to get out from under or they got a client that needs to get out from under it. So those can lead you to some of your best deals. It's a great place to start. Um, just pick a property that based on the funds you have makes sense to purchase. You're going to be putting 20% down on a single family home. You know, I personally like homes that are in the rent range of about a thousand dollars or more per month just a little bit different class of tenant that we tend to have, you know, less issues with vacancy or, um, you know, they're, they're not quite as hard on wear and tear on your property. And, um, I stay out of the inner city or the hood <laughs> if, mm. if there is a, you know, and that has that in those areas. Um, I tend to stay away from section eight property. It looks really attractive to have a guaranteed government check every month. And not all Section 8 is an issue, but more often than not, they keep hitting you every every year with an annual inspection and they make you fix things that you, you know, they didn't make you fix on the first thing. And, you know, you have a tenant that when they don't have to pay anything towards their rent, you just, you tend to have less um, respect of a property is what I've seen quite a bit. So you got to be careful. And there's still ways to screen that, make sure you're good. But, you know, start with a smaller property. Start with something in the eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 range, depending on the different markets. That can be a great property. Um, you know, you might also look at what you do with your IRA. Your IRA will make sense to maybe acquire a cash-flowing asset, but also acquire, uh, if the opportunity is there, which we, we do have, um, getting into some hard money lending where you can earn 10, 12, 13, 15% annualized interest returns by just investing in, you know, a lending position. Um, if you have the, if you have the qualifications as a accredited investor, which would mean $200,000 a year annual income and, and that's it or 300,000 as a filing couple, or if you have $1 million in assets, not including your own property, you can purchase shares in funds or syndications. And a lot of times this is pretty easy. You can get into a, a fund or a share 
or excuse me, a syndication with a $25,000 commitment and buy a share. Um, those are great. That's where somebody else has put together a multifamily project or a big project. They manage it, they handle it, you know, they raise capital, they sell shares, and you just receive an annualized return. And if it's a great syndication or fund, which Forrest, I know you've seen some of the ones I've put together, you have opportunities for cash kickers yeah. over and above the preferred returns that are offered. So that's a couple different, you know, ways to get started. Um, there's fix and flips. I do have opportunities for clients where they can just be the capital contribution in a small renovation property. That could be anywhere from 15 to 20 to $25,000. And then I've got the team that'll go out and acquire the property, do the renovations, get it marketed, get it rented, and then turn around and get it sold to an investor. And they split the profits with my investors you know, once that sale actually happens. And the great thing about that is it's always a percentage profit split. So it behooves my groups that I work with to get the best amount of profit they can out of it because it's directly tied to how much the investor is going to receive on profit. Right. And um, that could be a pretty low cost, you know, entry. Uh, the lowest price opportunity that I usually have and and it's just a matter of if I can find enough of that inventory. I did go back on the hunt for some here recently. You can pick up what's what it's not not developed. It's kind of improved lots in certain communities around the country um, recently. Which Forrest had you know sent some information over to you on this as well. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a place right here in my own backyard. It's called Bella Vista. Um, it's a city with two zip codes. It started out as a retirement village. It literally sits on top of Bentonville, Arkansas, which a lot of people have heard of Walmart, <laughs> which is where Walmart <laughs> is headquartered. <laughs> but we also have Tyson Foods, JB Hunt Trucking, and we have a whole host of other Fortune 500 companies that operate here, all because they work hand in hand with these companies. Mm -hmm. And What's really great about our Northwest Arkansas market, just a couple of quick stats for you is right now we're adding 30 new residents a day. Our unemployment rate hovers at 2%. Our vacancy rate is under 2%. Um, they're adding three new jobs a day. Our median income just surpassed that of Houston, Texas. The average median income in Northwest Arkansas is $98,000 a year. Mm. So we have one of the lowest cost of livings in the country some of the lowest crime rates in the country in this Northwest Arkansas, yet we have some of the highest incomes. And um, Bella Vista is a beautiful place. It's seven mm -hmm. golf courses, eight lakes. It's a full HOA community, you know, and right now I can help clients pick up lots for around $7,000 and they're ready to build lots. The streets are in, you know, pavements in water and you know, water or sewer or utilities are at the street. And I'm getting ready to start building in that market. So there's an opportunity for investors to grab a piece of ground for around $7,000, sit on it for probably six to 24 months at this point in time. We're just waiting for the highway bypass to be completed around Bella Vista, which most everybody knows as soon as you put in a bypass around anything, it just starts attracting business all along the bypass. Right. And, um, but uh, we'll turn around and sell those lots to builders for between fifteen to 20000 
over the next several months. Um, I'm already working on bringing in a production builder into the area. There's a production builder here already that I'm working with. And then I also have um, a local builder that I'm probably going to team up with. I'm already, uh, I have a capital, you know, commitment from one of my lending uh, institutions that I work with that may fund all the construction and we're going to start building in that market. So great thing about Northwest Arkansas is the growth and, you know, the, the land, it's just not as plenty as you think. And a lot of people are pushing up into Bella Vista. And as soon as that bypass is done, it creates, you know, decreases a lot of congestion on the main road, opens it up. And that's a great opportunity to grab a $7,000 asset, sit on it for six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months while everything happens. And then we turn around and start moving those to individual buyers that want to buy and build in Bella Vista. Um, here, here's another thing I should probably talk about because everybody's like, wow, a $7,000 lot. It must be a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I get it. I mean, I, I'm excited about it, but when I, when I go to look at lots that become available, a lot of times when I first started buying them, and I was buying those with the last company I was with, we'd research every lot that became available. And sometimes they were lots that went back to the bank because a developer or a builder lost them right after the collapse. You know, sometimes it was another big asset that bought them up and they couldn't hold them through the collapse. When the collapse happened, it really, it hurt. And um, a lot of times it's the, the POA. Um, somebody may pass away and they never got a chance to retire to Bella Vista like they wanted to and their kids don't want the lot and they don't want to pay the, you know, monthly $16 HOA dues, $16 a month <laughs> HOA dues, <laughs> you know, so they don't want to do it. And so when I go and look at all the lots that come back available through any of those sources, I may research 100, 200, 300 lots and only choose 10, 15, 20 lots mm -hmm. because I'm looking for the highly desirable factors, cul-de-sac lots, corner lots, biggest lot on the street, new homes built on that street, you know, since 2000, mm -hmm. the location, you know, Bella Vista is 10 miles wide, five miles deep. And there's plenty of lots that become available that they're on a street where every house on the street was built in the seventies. Well, you don't want to build a brand new house on a street right. where all the houses are built in the seventies. Right? right. So that's part of what I look at. So, I mean, I have literally driven down the streets, researched thousands of lots in Bella Vista over the past several years. And that's why they're getting so hard to find because I've grabbed most of the great ones already. And, uh, but every now and then I get a pocket that I can go out and research and I'll, I'll pick those up. So that's a great opportunity. I think that, um, you know, I may have 15, 20, 30 of those lots available over the course of the next, uh, few weeks, uh, maybe a few months, but, um, you know, it's just an opportunity to grab for right. low cost with a chance to double your money in a very yeah. short time. And that's a, that's a good way to get some people started. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And, um, I think our listeners can, can see your, your knowledge of, of the subject and we're only hitting on such a few little things. We could actually do this all day, but I want to ask two, two quick questions. <laughs> and before we kind of wrap it up here, um, is it possible Brandon to still get double digit returns in today's real estate market? It, it is. Um, you've got to have the connections. And, you know, I've watched the return shrink because the prices of properties are rising 
rapidly and rents are leveling off, you know, or like in hard money lending, the cost of money is more, but it is possible. You know, that's one of the great things about having the right connection, which for all the listeners out there, let you know, Forrest Bryant is, he's tied in, uh, he's, he's found the right group. So, you know, there is opportunity right now. My new construction properties that I can get access to are still an average annual 12% return on your money. That's cash flow. Um, the properties like these little lots, I mean, good Lord, if you double your money, what's that? Thousand dollar, thousand percent return, (laughs) you know, but it's small. Um, the hard money lending options that I have are, and I'm, I'm a consultant for the company that does that, uh, is a 15% annualized return on investment. They're typically looking for about a $50,000 investment minimum, but it's going into some of these land grabs and new construction projects and they're grabbing up everything that they can. These legacy lots, the lots where the infrastructure is already in place. That way they're setting the tone for being able to build for the next two to three years. And there is an opportunity for 15% annualized interest right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the renovation rehab projects typically are a 40% cash on cash return for my investors and clients. Um, mm-hmm. And then these fund projects or syndications, you know, I've, I've hit some good ones here last year and we were able to offer 12% annual preferred returns with additional bonuses based on their performance. Now I do see that shrinking a little bit because the cost is rising so fast, but I, I know that I'll comfortably be able to put one or two of those projects together this year and it'll be a 10% preferred return with mm-hmm. um, opportunity for cash flow. So yeah, there, there is definitely opportunity for double digit returns in real estate right now. Um, you know, one of the things that I'll lead right into is a lot of people are contemplating you know, when you get down to just hovering above double digit returns, you question, do I stay in the stock market or do I invest in the stock market? Because every stock broker in the world will tell you you'll get an eight to 12% return on your money. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. How often does that really happen? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and is investing in stocks safer than real estate? Well, I like hard assets. I have no idea what companies just all of a sudden going to go belly up or get in trouble. I can name a few from the past. And I think everybody listening can probably remember a few of them that all of a sudden went under, you know, but I don't like a stockbroker or world markets or the next nine 11, or if Trump pisses somebody off, it causes a collapse. You know, I don't like somebody else controlling my money. So I love to invest in real estate, which is a tangible hard asset that I can touch, you know, it's to me, there's risk in everything you do, but if you do your homework, if you're tied into the right network, if you're buying a property and following some of the golden rules of, of that acquisition, then you'll find that that's how most millionaires grow and are able to keep their wealth over time, mm-hmm. most of the millionaires that I know all have a very large real estate portfolio. And, you know, it's time and time again, 
since the dawn of time, since we've been investing in stocks and investing in real estate, real estate has always outperformed the stock market. Plain and simple. Google it. (laughs) Excellent answer. Excellent answer. I want to, I want to dive into one thing. You mentioned it a few times and I want to just make sure our listeners caught on to that. But um, are you saying that you can do real estate investments in your IRA? Is that what you were saying? Oh yeah. You, you, you cannot do it inside like Fidelity or Schwab. You have to convert your IRA to a self-directed IRA. There's two types of self-directed IRAs. There's third-party custodian and there's self-directed IRA LLC where you establish your own IRA LLC and you have control of the checkbook. I highly, highly, highly recommend you don't go that direction because if you make one little error or slip up in paying for a property, covering a cost, calling in a home warranty and you pay for it on your credit card and not out of your self-directed IRA LLC, Government will come in, liquidate the whole thing, tax you to, until no tomorrow, and you that could be one of the biggest mistakes of your life. Get a third-party, self-directed IRA custodian. And for the listeners out there, if you're curious about that, Forrest can connect you with, with who we use um, you know, in our circle. But uh, basically all you do is it's a transfer or a rollover. It is not a taxable event. You simply open up a self-directed IRA, you transfer or roll over your funds from your existing Roth IRA, traditional IRA, SEP IRA, you know, any of those types of IRAs you have out there, your HSAs or your kid's college fund, you can roll them over into a self-directed IRA and then you can instruct your third-party custodian to purchase real estate assets on your behalf. So by all means, Yes, you can buy investment real estate inside your IRA, and that could be hard money lending, buy land, buy turnkey rentals, buy shares uh, in a syndication or fund, um, and do promissory notes on renovation flip properties. Um, It's one of the fastest ways I can grow somebody's IRA is by grabbing something like a land or a flip opportunity and turning it really fast and, and, you know, quite often just doubling your money in a short amount of time. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. So if you do that, then the money, the income that comes into that IRA, depending on how it's set up, is either tax deferred or tax free? If it's a Roth IRA, let's say you made an acquisition of a piece of land in your Roth IRA for 7000 turned around and sold it for 14000 That is $7,000 tax free gain. The cool thing about IRAs is that typically a traditional or Roth, you can only put in X amount of dollars per year. So let's say you had $50,000 in an IRA and you bought a turnkey investment property in your IRA. That property may bring in $1,000 a month, but there's no cap on how much your IRA can grow from the investments that are in it. There's only a cap of how much you can contribute. To the IRA. Now, there's solo 401k, so you can invest a little bit more, you know, and that's definitely something you talk with the self-directed IRA custodian. They'll answer all those questions. But yes, you can you can purchase an asset. Um, it could grow fivefold, tenfold in a year. And if it's a Roth IRA, all gains are completely tax-free. If it's a traditional IRA, it'll come in tax-deferred, and you don't start paying taxes on the IRA until you start to draw out 
your distributions at 59 and a half. And then you just pay tax on how much you're drawing out at that time. Okay. So Brandon, um, I know, I know you're a big fan of networking and um, I know you understand the, the, the importance of that. Um, if somebody is, is new to real estate investing, you know, how do they meet people that they, that they trust and that, that are, you know, not going to take advantage of them. Let's, you know, let's face it. You know, there's a lot of horror stories about, you know, real estate deals gone bad or, you know, just people have taken advantage of them. But, you know, how does somebody that's new to real estate investing, how do they meet trustworthy people? You know, it, it is all about networking and an inside track. And these days, 100% of the people I work with are referred to me through a past client, supplier, or builder that I've already worked with. And much like with, with your network, the High Speed Alliance, excellent network, you know, someone that is dedicated to helping people break through that barrier and get on the inside track of where to find some of the, the more reliable people to work with in the industry. Um, uh, kudos to you for, for starting up the High Speed Alliance group as well. And um, I know from many of the people that you're connected with that these are some of the best in the industry. And it, it, what's great is that people always want to get into that circle and sometimes never do. Hmm. So network is really key and someone that has a track record. And the minute you jump in, you're going to know from just talking to them. They're there to help. They're there to coach, explain, mentor, advise without ever really looking at what's in it for them. They're just always there to help the person that needs the help. And um, it's one of the things I love about, uh, you know, the network that you and I are involved in and, and your group. Um, you definitely have the heart in the right place. And while we have the opportunities, you want to help as many people succeed in this industry as is possible. And um, kudos to you. Much appreciated for what you do. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that there. All right. So uh, I think we're coming up on the, uh, on the end here. You, you uh, I've got a couple of your favorite quotes here and uh, you're quoted as saying success comes to those who strive to ensure the success of others. And either you run the day or the day runs you. What, what do those quotes mean to you, Brandon? <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of gurus out there and speakers that probably lead to the success comes to those who strive to ensure the success of others. And, you know, there's people that take advantage of other people. And then there's people that lift people up and help other people. Hmm. And the way I've always looked at what I've done is if I help enough of my clients achieve success, I never have to worry about my own. And that's one of the key things to that first quote. And the second one is, uh, well, we, we all know it, man. You, <laughs> the day can get away from you. You know, it can just flat get away from you. And um, kind of how I manage my days is, and this is where I, I like to be a little different than everyone else. I, I make a personal commitment to answer every single call, email, and text that comes in in the same day. I don't care what time of day it is. I don't care what time of night it is. If I'm awake, they're going to get some sort of response. I may not be able to address the concern right at that time, but I'll be like, hey, 
received your message. I'll reach out first thing tomorrow. And I think you can attest to that. You've seen it. And as many of the doctors that we all know um, have seen the same thing. So, you know, the, the day can get away from you and people can just, what happens is you, you're like, uh, I, you see the email pop up and you're like, oh, I'm just too busy. I get to this. Next thing you know, it just flows right down the chain and it's three or four days later and you forgot to talk to that person or schedule an appointment or get back with them or fill out paperwork that they were needing. And, you know, that's what I mean by the day runs you or you run the day. And yeah. part of my, my very first and foremost thing that I do is I just make sure that I answer everybody in the same day that they reach out to me and I had create a task list. And it's funny cause I'm still pad of paper. Um, I know that we have all these apps and all these folders and all this electronic technology and Google this and calendar that and some <laughs> stuff I use, but I, I, and you've probably seen me at, at some of the events that we've been at. I keep a pad of paper and I keep, you know, it's about 25 lines on there. So I have 25 tasks every single day. Mm. And my goal is to knock as many of those off as I can. Cause at the end of the day, I've got to add several of them to it and <laughs> it works for me. You know, um, some people will laugh at that, but it works for me. It keeps me organized right. and it makes sure that I always tackle every task that I get hit with. You definitely are a high achiever and get a lot done. So your system's working. So that's good. So uh, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Feel free to reach out to me at my phone, um, 913-827-3517. Call me anytime. And, or you can also reach me at my email address of I P C rockstar at Gmail. And I would say, I, I like the personal touch. Call me first. We'll discuss, you know, anything you guys want to discuss, answer any questions you may have. And, um, once we've had that discussion, we know kind of what you're looking for and, and how we can help get you in the right direction. Right, so perfect. You bet. Thank you for it. You've been listening to the High Speed Podcast. To read our blog and to learn more, visit our website at www.highspeedpodcast.com.